Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled The Spirit and Wisdom of Stephen. It shall be focused on the study of Acts chapter 6. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we read your scriptures and see the spirit and wisdom of Stephen and how, Lord, he was full of the Holy Ghost and how he was a vessel yielded unto thee for service. We pray may our lives be the same way. Lord, we're not burdened by the cares of this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our minds to live for thee and to be citizens of a kingdom to come and to put our effort into Establish that kingdom more than our earthly one. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Acts chapter 6. Chapter 6 And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them, and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, and Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses which said, This man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, The Resurrection. This was preached in 1953 on December the 5th. We'll begin at paragraph 36 up to paragraph 57. I trust you find it to be a blessing. He said, I'll be preaching the four walls. I said, I'm going to be preaching that concrete blocks the truth of God. <laughs> That's right. And have favor with God if I had to eat soda crackers and drink French water and be pre- preaching the truth and have fried chicken three times a day and have a collar turned around and standing for something I'd never go 
Amen. Amen. That's free. That's right. God's spirit. What we need today is a good old-fashioned St. Paul's revival and the Bible Holy Ghost back in the church again as the light of God. This priest and he making his sacrifices to all this offering prayer waiting as a righteous man, godly man, and over to his right side appeared this great Gabriel, the archangel, God always sends minor angels, but Gabriel announced the first coming of Christ, and Gabriel will announce the second coming of Christ. Right, the archangel of God will announce the second coming of Christ. Now, I want you to notice, beautifully here, and the angel told him when he went home, he would be with his wife and she'd bear a child. I noticed that scholarly man who had plenty of examples to look to, he said, how can these things be? My wife is, oh, maybe 10, 15 years past the menopause. But look where Sarah was. She was 40 years past the menopause. Look at Hannah. He had plenty of examples that he ought to have been able to read in the scripture and know that that was the truth. But many times he read it, but he didn't apply it as the same God then being the same God then. And that's what's the matter today. We think of days of miracles are past. We're failing to see that the same God the world is now and always will be. How easy the Jews condemn Jesus when they see while they walk to the Red Sea their father's head and on dry land and all these miracles and signs and then still didn't believe that that was their God. You're doing the same thing. That's what it is today. It's the failing of the church when we theology and stuff and education has cut the place of the old-fashioned mourner's bench. We used to have the mourner's bench. You cut that down in the basement. We don't use it no more. That's the truth. And we, all the fire we ever had on the altar, we put it in the stove. What we need today, you say, well, Brother Phantom, I'm thinking you'll get a little fanaticism, a little wildfire. I'd rather have a little wildfire no fire long. No. I can put up with a little fanaticism before I can put up with something so icy and stiff and starch and ungodly. How can God move into a place like that? Go into a place of spiritual thermometer racers, 100 below zero. <laughs> Somebody say amen, everybody set your neck, look around, see who said it. Preacher said to interrupt a little old woman one time, lived up in Kentucky. Her boy come out there to Indiana and joined a nice big church. It wasn't a church that I brought, it was a Methodist church, I was a Baptist. He went out to a Methodist church and they began as a great starchy church. She come out with a little fired up Methodist church. She went out that morning where her son and them was going to church at, and she walked in while the, the man at the door didn't even want to let her in. She had a little calico dress or jean ham or whatever you call it up around her neck like this and little old lace up shoes and long sleeves like that and come walking, tipping like a little man he don't want to, walking into church and the doorman looks back at her like that and to say, what are you? And it embarrassed her boy. Uh, brother, if you've got a mammy like that, you ought to thank God for somebody. What we need today is some more old-fashioned mothers like that. She was so happy to get to church and she got up sitting in the church and the preacher said something about the blood of Jesus Christ. She said, Amen! And everybody stretched her neck like a crane to look around and see who it was. And the preacher lost his face. He said, mm, 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 mm. He didn't know what had happened. Well, then, she sat there just, he didn't know she was out of place. She sat there 
Listen, brother, she might not have had her name in Who's Who, as this great book of Who's Who they got, but I, she had her name on the Lamb's Book of Life, and I'd rather have my name there than all the Who's Who's of this world. That's Who's in my opinion, who, who, who is. God's Who's Who. I'm glad my name is. You know that famous book that got out Who's Who, the 400 millionaires and so forth, all the dignitaries of the world. Let this world have it. Our name's written in heaven on the Lamb's Book of Life, and that's who God's Who's Who is. Might be silly to the world, but your name's on the Lamb's Book of Life. She was sitting there with her arms folded, just as bright as she could be, and the preacher said something else. Uh, after a while, she thought was a Jesus and said, Amen! And everybody, and you know what? The ushers come and put her out of churches, interrupting the pastor and couldn't preach his sermon, talking about falling from grace. Oh, my. That just goes to show the difference. Yes. Now, Sarah, a little woman way in the room, and she had the baby. Now, why couldn't Hannah have, and Hannah did the same? Now, how about Elizabeth? But John said, or not John, excuse me, Zachariah said, oh, she couldn't do it. She's too old. Look, here's the sovereignty of God. The angel said, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and my word shall be fulfilled in their season. And because you doubted my word, you'll be dumb till the day the baby's born. Hallelujah. God says anything, commissions it, and sends it to the earth. All hell might explode, but it will never change God's word. It will be anyhow. God's done focus. That makes it right. Oh, that settles it to me. When God says so, I believe it, don't you? That's it. All right. We notice then, well then, he was dumb. He went out to the people at Beck and they thought he'd seen a vision. He went home to live with his little wife, and surely she conceived, and she hid herself for six months. Six months later, this same angel came down into Nazareth, a wicked little old city where a young lady was having a maybe a blue Monday wash day. She's walking down, she's engaged to a man, a widower of four children, had the pot of water on her head, walking down through the street, and all at once the great light flashed before her. Like a great light standing there. And in the middle of this light stood the great archangel Gabriel. And he said, Hail Mary. In other words, stop. It's like a little virgin. He was frighten you. Thank of such a salutation as that. Hail Mary. Blessed art thou among the women. For thou hast found favor with God. Oh my. Thou hast found favor with God told her what was going to happen, that she was going to bear, bring the child, knowing no man. And she said, how will it be? He said, the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you, Gabriel speaking, the Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you, and you're going to conceive, and in your womb is going to come forth a blood cell, and it's going to develop him to be the Son of God, and you'll call his name Jesus. And now, look at the difference between Mary, that young woman, and this old callous preacher. Just look at the difference. The preacher said he had plenty of examples back there for women who actually to bring children in the natural way, had plenty of examples of those that had passed at age, but this little girl had to believe something that never had happened before. She had to believe for a virgin birth, and she didn't question, 
She didn't say, well, let me see what this says or what that says. She just took God at his word. She said, Behold, the handsmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel left her, had to tell her about Elizabeth and so forth. Now, here's what I like about Mary. She didn't wait till she felt right for this. She didn't wait till anything stopped. She didn't wait till any natural, visible sign of it at all. She just took God at his word and began to testify and glorify God that she's going to have a baby before she had any visible result from what the angel told her. She believed that it was the word of God. And God would do it because God had spoken. And she took God at his word. And if we could ever get to a place where men and women this day would be that simple, that would just take God at his word, don't wait to see whether I can move this foot or not, or this arm or not, or where this cancer looks like it's gone, or this heart troubles any better. Take God at his word, get a happy mental attitude towards it, and start rejoicing, saying, God, you said so, and it's got to come to pass. Yes, sir. He didn't wait till she was positive. No, sir. And then she'd heard about something else. She'd heard it. Her cousin was going to have a, a baby. Oh, so right up into Judea she went to help her rejoice. Many people get saved, and they say they do, and just sit and say, I don't even tell nobody about it. <laughs> Why, you haven't got saved, right? You might have some kind of a little mental upset up here. But, brother, when you really get saved in the old-fashioned way, brother, if God comes into your heart and makes you a new creature, you can't sit still. You just can't do it. The whole world's got to know it. You've got to tell them about it. Could you imagine Philip down there, Stephen, a man full of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says. How could you stop him? Why, it's like a house on fire and a dry weather and a windy day. Well, you couldn't put him out if you had to. They, the only way they could stop him was killing him. He was full of the Holy Ghost. He was no preacher. He wasn't. He was just a deacon, but he was out on the street testifying and glorifying God. Well, he couldn't stop him. The Holy Ghost had him so wrapped up, so he, he was, was his own. He only looked through God's eyes. He only seen what God seen. He only acted on what God said. Oh, God, if we could ever have a revival like that, you'll see the whole thing broke down, and America would have a real coming back to God, when we can get to a people who won't think their own thoughts, won't think their theology, but we're just taking what God said and live for that. You believe that's what we need today? Away she goes, up in the hills of Judea, to testify, to talk about it. I can see Elizabeth. When she looks down and sees her coming, she's lovely. She loves her cousin. So she wrote, runs out to meet her. Now, Elizabeth had, had hid herself for six months. So when she seen this girl coming, she ran out. She was so happy. She put her arms around her, hugged her, and called her her name, and began to rejoice. And she said, I'm so happy to know that you're going to be a mother. She said, yes. She said, well, I'm, I'm very happy, but I'm just a little scared. Because it's six months to be his mother, no life yet. All subnormal. See how God does? Always a ridiculous. All subnormal. The little baby John was six months with no life. And then she said, and Mary said, Well, I've got something good to tell you. The Holy Ghost appeared to me also and told me that I was going to have a child, unknowing no man. And I called his name Jesus. And just as soon as that lame Jesus come to human lips for the first time, 
little John received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and began to leap in in his mother's womb for joy. That's right. And if the, birth, if the name of Jesus Christ spoke by a human being to make a dead baby come to life, what ought to do to a church that's born again of the Spirit of God? It ought to find every devil, heal every sick person. Amen. That's right. What ought it to do to people who claim to be born again? Little John, in his mother's womb, six months of developing a cell and no life. The Bible said that John the Baptist was born from his mother's womb full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh, I like that. Born from his mother's womb full of the Holy Ghost. And he began to leap and jump for joy. You know, when the Holy Ghost comes on you, something's got to turn loose. And if a baby's born, and that baby, somebody said, well, I'm born again. You sound like it. All right. Now, if a baby is born, and that baby's born still birth, you know what's the matter with that baby? The baby's born dead. And that's what's the matter with a whole lot of stillborn children in these formal churches today. You're born dead. You've got a conception but never received life. What to do with a baby like that? Pick him up by the heels and give him a little bit of posterior protoplasma stimulation. I'll tell you, he comes to life right quick. And if there's anything the church sees today is a good old-fashioned gospel Holy Ghost wagon by the hand of God pouring out his power, it'll make the church come to life. Amen. That may seem flat, but it's the truth. Yes, sir. You spank him a little bit and you let out a squall. Crying. Oh, my. I can see Martha or Mary when she's up there and Elizabeth went out there reaching, grab her and hug her. What a marvelous time. You know, today we kind of lost that kind of feeling for one another. Isn't that right? I never forget Miami. That woman said, I don't mean to hurt your feelings. If some lady let us have a big, big place out, she's supposed to be, what is them, justice? Justice is some kind of a woman like that. And I was having a meeting. And they had her out in a little place. They said, Brother Huckster said, Brother Branham, the, the, the Duchess wants to see. I said, the who? He said, the Duchess. I said, who's she? He said, well, she's the greatest woman around here. I said, oh, is she born again? I said, well, I don't know. And I said, well, what's she anymore? These other people out here. I said, well, you speak to her as you go through the back of the hall. I said, all right. When I got back there, there stood a great big woman with about enough clothes on it she could put an aspirin box. And that woman, yeah, and enough jewelry on her. I ain't making fun. I'm taking back because I'm in the full business. They would have fed poor children and paid my missionary trip twice to Africa. <laughs> And she had a pair of specs in her hand on a stick, holding them out like that. Now, you know that woman couldn't see through them glasses out that far. Holding out like that, she had her hands full of children, and she said, Well, I am so calm to me. Held her hand up like this. I reached out over a big fat hand and I said, Get it down here so I know you want to see me again. What we need today, brother, is people putting on too much dog, we call it in the city's presence. What are you anyhow but six foot of dirt? 
God have mercy on you. I don't care how you can dress, how you can act, what kind of a home you can live in, what kind of a car you can drive. If you're not born of the power and spirit of the resurrected Jesus Christ, you're lost and will go to hell. This is the Lord will go to his body. Amen. That's the truth. Oh, my. There was some time ago, my wife and I were going downtown. There's a young lady on the street. She said, people are just getting away from love. And that's the main thing you've got to have. Going down the street, and I drive my wife. Some lady said, hello, brother, sister Branham. I said, how do you do? And I said, do it like that. Bow my head to her. I said, how do you do? Riding on down the street. And I said, do you speak to her? She said, yes. I said, I must be getting hard of hearing. I said, I never heard you. She said, oh, I, I smiled. Now, I said, a little silly grin to take a place of a preacher. Look at me. <laughs> I don't like that. This is a good old-fashioned, holy old-century Bible. Man, back to believe in the Word of God that God will take care of us like He did in the old days. He'll take care of us today. You believe that? God will take care of us. What we need today is another refilling, another, like the disciples, three days. Some of you trying to test and experience or trust it that you had ten years ago. That's all right, but what about today? You need one today. Today is the day. Sure. A feeling. The disciples, about three or four days after received the Holy Ghost, went back and got in one accord and began to pray again with one accord until the Holy Ghost shocked the building where they were sitting. Amen. What we need. Oh, my. You get away from all this, your dignity. I can prove to you that dignity, the devil is the pappy of every bit of it. In the beginning, he wanted something more more glamorous and everything than what Michael had. He went over and set him up a kingdom, and that's what polluted heavens if it stayed there and God kicked him out. He's been dignifying the church ever since. The truth, God doesn't dwell in dignities, he dwells in simple, sincere hearts. Hallelujah. Brother, I can notice. Here not long ago, I happened to be preaching at a little old Baptist church as a pastor at Mill Pastor, Milltown Baptist Church. I used to go home at night. I looked as a, as a nightingale used to sit there in a little old cedar bush. I stayed with some people out there about 20 miles out. I'd drive out every night just to be alone and get up in the woods and sometimes pray happy. Did you ever get up in the morning hear all the robins are hollering? All the little birds just as soon as it breaks day, we crowd around all night. Can't get up till about 1 o'clock. On Sunday, you even go to church. Sit around there, shake their little head up through the air and sing, sing, sing. You never hear one of them having high blood pressure. You never see one on a crutch, did you? God takes care of them. That's right. They just trust, they will commit everything to God and go ahead. Now, I studied Nightingale. Now, I noticed some nights when a storm clouds was coming over, it quietened down. Then all at once, it let loose again and just sing to the top of his voice. I thought, what, what does that? Now, science tells us, or the... Uh, that they look up to the heavens, and if they can't see any stars or any light, they get sad, so they don't sing. But if he can get his eye on one star, he knows the suns are shining somewhere, so he knows it'll break day after a while, so he just sings to the top of his voice. I thought, oh, God, that's right. If I can get amongst the people who's got you squeak a little amen out once in a while, I must me know that the power of the Holy Ghost still exists somewhere. That's right. If I should go out today, and I'd go out tonight and look up and see that great big bright star, I'd say, Star, what makes you shine like that? 
You're so pretty. What makes you shine and give light down here on the earth? If he could speak, he wouldn't say, he'd say, Brother Branham, it's not me shining. It's the sun shining on me. That's what makes me shine. And that's what makes people, a doctor said to me not, some time ago, said that these people had shouted and praised God and tried to act like they were so happy that they was excited. Well, brother, we better get excited. Don't you think so? Excited. And said, I know it isn't. It isn't that. It's not them. It's because the Spirit of God is shining on them. Some time ago, I was drinking from an old fountain where I used to go by and drink all the time. And it was always a bubble, 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 bubble constantly. And I thought, what makes you so happy at bubbling like that? I thought, maybe because deers drink. No. Because a, a, a bear drinks. No. Maybe because I drink. No. If he could speak and say, Brother Branham, it's not me a bubbling. It's something behind me pushing me and making me bubble. And that is to every believer that's born to the Spirit of God, there's something behind him pushing him, bubbling up by the way of pounds of water, bubbling up under everlasting life. That's what the church needs today is a good old-fashioned fresh bubbling up. Yes, sir. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy Word, and we say, Lord, may all that we've heard today, Lord, continue to change us from within. And we thank Thee for the power of resurrection that lives, that's already in us. For You told us that he that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth on me shall never die. So we have that assurance of knowing that we have a life that never ends. That we came from God and we go back to God. So help us, Father, to live a life that's worthy of this gospel. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Take a stand Not believing I might lose my best friend But I'd rather I'd rather live right Than in hell And lift up my eyes Oh, God's children just stand Oh, stand Tell somebody, say you stand. I decided to take a stand. Not believing I might lose my best friend. But I'd rather, I'd rather live Ah uh -huh.
Say you stand. 